essential thing in our lives. It allows us to complete projects and collaborate with others. Personally, organizing for me began at home. I am the oldest of four in an immigrant and low-income household. I had to lead my family in order to maintain our structure. My experiences made me question why things worked a certain way, and I viewed how cycles of poverty were reinforced. However, I felt hopeful because of what my peers organized. Many youth do not recognize the impacts their efforts have affected others. I want their efforts to be acknowledged and to appreciate it by highlighting their journey. So, let's get started. My name is Yamali and I use she, their pronouns. I am a current junior at Jones College Prep where I co-founded the Jones Coalition of Immigrants and I am a board member of the Association of Latin American Students. Outside of school, I am involved with organizing efforts that contribute to the advancement of the undocumented queer and BIPOC community. In today's episode, we will be discussing topics relating to who should be a youth organizer and the experiences of marginalized students at a predominantly white institution. I will be speaking with Isaac Isaguerre. Isaac is the website chair for the Coalition of Advocates for Undocumented Students Education and was the first prize winner of the 2021 Chicago Architecture Biennial Student Ideas Competition. Who is your ideal student leader at Jones? Some decisions made by like LSE and the administration like directly impact them. For example, Jones doesn't have translators. So school events or workshops that like the counseling department does they can't reach out to every parent of every student because yeah and like jones has a very diverse student population there's 30 percent latine i think 15 percent african-american and then around the same with asian-american the white population is becoming the minority how can jones make sure that they are inclusive of their diversity. And I know you mentioned interpreters, but what else can they do? Jones is already a majority minority. I think white students make up 40% of the student population. Yeah. Uh, as for like additional things that they could do to uh, better assist those like first generation students or uh, students of color, Jones administration could probably do a better job teaching cultural competence to their students who don't come from, you know, like who aren't a person of color or who aren't first generation. Especially because Jones likes to tout these advanced programs that it offers its students, but a lot of minority students aren't proportionally represented in those classes. Like, I'm sure their black students, like they've probably been in the class where they're the only black student. And let's say if they were the only black student in an AP class, it'd be very frustrating because a lot of the people around you aren't really, you can't relate to them. I know that you're a Mexican American. Do you have any experiences feel like having the imposter syndrome at Jones? Can you name a specific experience? do get imposter syndrome whenever they're not the best at something, especially when it's STEM because 
you know, that's what I'm supposed to be good at. Like, we have more towards science and mathematics. But, you know, when I'm not the best at it, or let's say, like, I every once in a while, like, I get a bad grade in a science or a math class, it can be really unmotivating for me, especially when you see these other students who have always been consistently performing, yeah. like, really well. And then they're the white students at the same time, so... I feel the same way. Well, I'm the opposite, of course. I'm more of a social studies and humanities person. Yeah, I understand that, especially because I'm an immigrant and my first language is not English. So it makes it hard for me to even like be grammatically correct at times. But I'm still a humanities person. Like I, I love to read and I love to write. And then when I can't seem to get the sophistication point in AP Lang, it makes me feel like as if I don't belong in the class. And then I see right. my white counter folks excelling, like excelling, and they did good in the first essay practice they did, While whereas like I suck. It was the worst thing I've ever written. Like I understand comparing and thinking that you're not, you don't belong there and you don't, like, it's like we have to try two times, four times harder just to get the same re um, results. And we also spoke about this. Um, we spoke about how second gen or even like wealthier income people feel as if they're in competition with low income people. Do you want to speak more about our conversation with that? Yeah, I think it was like this past week or these past two weeks where I think the organization is called I Hope that is donating money to 5CPS high schools to fund basically all of their college education of or like the graduating class. And people like, of course, are going to be salty about it. But yeah, you overhear things in the hallways of people talking about which new school is getting their college funded completely and they don't have to worry about it and at times even like the privileged like wealthier students at Jones are salty about it as well like they're saying oh why how can they get a free ride to college when right. they don't even want to go to high like college because and, they're lazy and i even told you it's not that they're lazy is that they really want to go, but it's it, like the same thing with the imposter syndrome. They feel as if like they don't belong in college. So they just quit before they even try it. And yeah, and not, not to mention that like they, they, if they couldn't fund it, then like why are they even considering it? And like, you know? Yeah. At times, at times it's like, just the money alone is unmotivating enough for you to not try to aim that high. It's like low-income families we're talking about here. People that have been disadvantaged and people who come from a family where no one went to college. Their priority is not getting an education. Their priority is to survive. In a way, like trying to find financial security in ways that education doesn't fulfill right away in this interview with isaac we established that youth organizers need to understand systemic discrimination and be mindful of the needs of their peers 
We also discussed imposter syndrome that a lot of students of color face when entering a predominantly white and selective institution. These institutions need to teach their students about cultural competency and how to coexist with students from backgrounds different from their own. Embracing diversity is not enough considering students from disadvantaged backgrounds are not receiving adequate resources to succeed and thrive. In the next episode, I will be speaking with Sofia Cruz. We will be discussing topics relating to healing justice, experiences as an organizer, and how institutions should support the efforts of youth leaders. Thank you to the Chicago Public Library's Youth Media Center and the Stud Turkle's Radio Archive for managing this podcast internship program. Thank you to Jonathan Bobadilla, who created the intro and outro music for this podcast, and the interviewee for being most of this podcast content, as well as thank you to Jaime, Anna, Allison, and Valerie for being in every step of the way. And lastly, thank you to you all for listening to my podcast and taking time off your day. Bye. See you next episode. Mm-hmm.